home is where people you love create and share memories in a, in a, in a particular fashion, you know, that's caring and stable. And I never really had a, a real sense of what home was until maybe I was 25, uh, I had, oh, my third child. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. Grew up in welfare and projects in Chicago. It was like the hood, <laughs> the ghetto, and um, it was a impoverished area. I had a pretty broken family. Actually, I used to run away a lot. I was going through a lot of you know, abuse and neglect at home and incest uh, in my family occurred. Uh, mother was always cold and distant. She was one way in front of people and a different way at home, but most people knew that grew up with us and stuff. So they would help me run away, cover my tracks and stuff, because she'd look, go looking for us with a, with a bag of doorknobs. She had this Crown Royal bag of doorknobs. And my friends would be, I saw your mom, and she had that, that purple bag with the doorknobs. And yeah, then talk about anxiety. So I still suffer from anxiety. When even nothing's, you know, it's just this intense feeling like you're in trouble. As, yeah, so I, I, I take medication for it to this day. I remember once I have older sisters, it was 10 of us. Um, I had older sisters, and we had these different fathers among us. And I was walking my older sister to her job. She had a job at uh, Grace's Garden of Eden. When I came back, I saw all of, my, all of our furniture outside, and I was no more than maybe 12. And I'm coming down the alley, and I'm seeing this, see this, that, hey, that's ours. And I saw this, these sheriffs taking all of our stuff out. I didn't really understand what was going on, though. I was a kid. I'm seeing all our stuff outside and then um, having to go live with my grandma, which was already overfilled to capacity. I honestly don't know how I survived that. Um, that's why every day um, I do something towards my well-being, towards my family unit's well-being. The most difficult thing about overall about homelessness as a female is maintaining your level of dignity because you could be compromised in so many ways. I moved in with a friend temporarily. Again, we had to deal with issues of um, sexual abuse. Uh, with my teenage daughter, she had just had the baby and everything, but the guy we was living with, he was an old-time friend of both of ours, but uh, he would make comments, he would drink. Uh, I, I didn't feel safe. I had to make mad dashes home to make, to make sure she didn't get out of school before I got there because I didn't want her to have a millisecond in, in the same one with him subject to what he could say. You know, it's 3 a.m., and he said that it was nothing sexual, but you need your child to be able to remain sleeping in your bed. But he's coming to knocking with intentions of not sleeping, you know what I mean? And it's like you're put in a position where, well, how do I try to break this to him, or how do I? I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't, I, they're helping you, so maybe you should help them. You shouldn't have to give up of yourself. What I found to be precious, like pieces of your soul. That's why housing opportunities are so important. St. Margaret's a place where you can at least bathe and have a self-respect and, you know, pride about yourself. And then you can identify goals and create goals and pursue them. And that's, that's important. Looking back, I don't believe I was a mom. And that's a difficult thing to say for a mother to actually state. Um, it's easier to look at what someone else does. I had to face some real hard, cold realizations about my life and, and, and my hand in it. And yeah, sure, I was dealt a shitty hand, but my actions only made it worse. During my drug adventures, I even rose while I was on drugs. Yeah, that happens sometimes. That's the false illusion of drugs. I got my place after being homeless. Got it furnished. Church got me a car. 
got this really great job at GM at the Hummer plant. I got hit by a forklift. Well, when I was off, I was still dabbling in drugs. I wasn't like on the streets, but still, you can't dabble with drugs. They, it's like they don't, they get jealous. They want your full time. They want all your time. So, so dabbling and you get sucked back in. Well, I lost so much, so much. My children, this was after I signed my children. I had lost everything. And I was sitting in my car that was about to be repossessed at the park because I didn't have nowhere to live. So I'm living in my car. So I was thinking, all these people that would be in my driveway trying to sell me drugs the minute I got home. I mean, it's like so many times you want to stop. You always want to stop, of course. But then the drug dealers was coming and waiting for me in my driveway when on payday, you know? giving you free samples, knowing full well. And then 6 a.m., they got your whole entire income, and you don't even have a, a pint of milk. You don't even have anything to eat. You're you're taking a knife and with a hammer and trying to open a can of string beans. It's almost like I was in a coma all this time, and I, and I woke up, and then someone's telling me what I did because I can't see myself even thinking or doing the things that I did at that time. Um, my children were taken from me shortly after when I, my, my baby was born with cocaine in its system. Obviously, I wasn't uh, responsible enough or capable of ensuring the baby's health inside me. So they took, they took the baby, and they give you a chance to get the kids back. Well, um, they usually give you like 18 months. Then after that, they, they moved to, to uh, terminate your rights. That means your parental rights. But the thing is, they couldn't take away my emotional need to be a parent. And I've still been in their lives, and they still got to call me mom. But it was, it was rocky with one of them because they was really angry. But it's important that the bad feelings that they feel, in order for them to feel, yeah, justified in feeling that the person that's inflicting that pain needs to step up and say, yes, I understand, I, I, I did this, there's things I could have done better. You know, it doesn't wipe the wound away, but it, it, it's, it's addressing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the salve you need to be able to move on and, and still excel in life. It's, it's not so big a, a problem getting on your feet. It's staying on your feet. Pretty much anybody, if you take $1,500, put them in an apartment, uh, pay the deposit, get their utilities on, boom. No, they're great now. No, it's a lot more to it than that. It's being responsible, paying your bills. Don't pawn your TV, uh, <laughs> you know, for drugs. Don't tell Nipsco that, no, I'm going to go give this money to the dope dealer. I'm not going to give it to you. When the children go to school, they come home with papers that the teacher, you got to be on top of that stuff. You got to know what's going on. You got to know when parent-teacher conferences. You got to know if your child's doing well and ways you can help them at home that where they're not a distraction at school for the other children so they can get what they need. It's just so many things that you have to be aware of and that drug use and mental instability. So it wasn't so because I had another problem because once I got off the drugs, okay, how do I deal with the problems that I have? I mean, I've self-medicated and self-medicated, but still life still still goes on. You know, the other people around you are still moving around and still doing things and you still can't be stagnant. There were people, a lot of people along the way that helped people that, that were virtual strangers. There was a place uh, in South Bend, Indiana called uh, 
St. Margaret's house. It was a place women and children could go have a, me a hot meal at lunchtime, but it opened at 8 o'clock. They allowed you to take showers, and it was mostly ran on donations and to, to the church. Uh, uh, they have soap and towels, and they let you use the phones for jobs and things of that nature. Things that's a necessity if you're trying to get on your feet. The thing that's important for people to realize is just because someone's homeless doesn't mean they're worthless. They, everybody has a story. If you don't know that story, you really can't attempt to try to even say what the outcome is going to be. Because had I been in my life when I was so confused and lost and all that, I wouldn't have been able to see my grandchildren. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got, obtained my degrees. I, I never know, would have known that there was more to me than just a statistic.